Welcome back to another episode of Pastors of Pain. I'm Father Brian O'Brien, pastor of St. Francis Xavier Catholic Church in Stillwater, Oklahoma, located in Payne County, P-A-Y-N-E, Oklahoma, USA. I'm here with my co-host, friend, brother priest, all-around good guy, most <laughs> days, Father Kerry Wakulich. Tell him about your assignment. Where are you in the, your uh, priestly life? Well, I think they got it by now. If they haven't, if they haven't figured it what out, what if they're episode... listening for the first time? Well, uh, okay. This so, sucker's going worldwide. Well, s- I think we're over twenty listeners now. <laughs> I told you we've had. This is our sixth episode. Hey, you're putting people to sleep. We're not no, no, not me. If anything, you. <laughs> Uh, well, I have Tell them where you're. Tell them where you are. Uh, I'm the pastor of St. John the Evangelist Catholic Student Center on the corner of 201 North Knobloch, putting Boone Pickens Stadium in my shadow. Yeah, I've been yeah. There since Boone Pickens Stadium does not have 16. the Eucharist. It does not. Take that, it OSU a, Athletics. <laughs> it is a temple to some sort of God. Different, a different kind. A different kind of A God. different kind of temple. Yeah. yeah. I do, but I do like football. I, I never realized... Like, I never went to, I think, like a major sporting event growing up, except for the World Cup in 1994 when I skipped out of work uh, to go. Um, but other than that, that was my one major sporting event. And now so sad. I love going to, I love tailgating. I love, oh, all right, let's get here already. Okay, uh, and so I just, I like American football. I like soccer. <gasps> the World Cup. You do it's like now soccer. Over. It's unhealthy. And my sorrow has filled my heart. Because the U.S. did not win. We did not we win. We gave it a good shot, though. We were, we were perfect. Undefeated. Undefeated in the World uh, Cup this year. Uh-huh. U.S. men's soccer. Wow. Do you have a favorite sport, fellow, Brian? Uh, my favorite sport is basketball. Really? Nothing really? better. Nothing better. Nothing better. Uh, d- is I love, true? Yeah, but is you know, I, mean, I like I like football. I like baseball. Mm-hmm. I like um, I like curling? darts. Curling? I like no. I'm just kidding. I don't really. What like what it. happened in the Olympics this year with curling? People love it. What is that? It it seems like an angry ice skating event. Yeah, it's like it's like a shuffleboard. You know when we go on our priest group, curling and we, is for angry and we play people. shuffleboard uh, at that house, and we play shuffleboard, and we don't yell at each other. They do. Well, it's part of the sport. I mean, why is it part of the sport? You're yelling at an inanimate object. Well, they're not yelling at an inanimate object. But people do, like in golf, when people hit a golf shot, they're like, get left, get left. And, you know, Serena Williams. Yes. And she hits the ball. Exactly. But what? Seriously? It's just just the way it goes. So back in uh, 1984, uh, my family went to the uh, Summer Olympics in Los Angeles. What we were, <laughs> we were, have I ever told you this? No. We were living. We lived in Northern California at the time, and there were seven of seven people in my family. So it's not like okay. there's like ample money to like all seven of us get on a plane <laughs> and go somewhere. So my dad, my adventurous, <laughs> travel loving dad, shout out to Marty O'Brien, he rented a motorhome. Stop. Yes, and we drove from Northern California to Southern California. We parked our motorhome on Huntington Beach. All seven of us in a motorhome. It was yeah. rough. And then we went to various uh, Olympic events during the 1984 Summer Olympics. So how did you get to the events? Did you guys like ride a tandem bike? I think we took bicycle? our motorhome. We drove the motorhome. 
Wow. Into the parking lot. Yeah. So here's the best part. This is, this is the best part. And it shows my family's both sense of humor and our love for sports. So, you know, when like around the Olympics, and yeah. it's even worse now, but back in 1984, you know, there's like Coca-Cola, the official soft drink of the 1984 yeah, sure, Summer sure. Olympics, and, you know, this official shoe and official whatever. So my dad made T-shirts <laughs> that we would wear to all of the events. <laughs> and it said, on the, on the shirt it said, the O'Briens, the official family of the 1984 <laughs> Summer Olympics. And I was like, I don't know, I was eight or nine. Probably, I think I, I was eight years old. And so I like thought it was really funny. But There's apparently- Older siblings. Yes, old. who were like teenagers, 13, 14, 15, were just like, this Dad, please awful. don't make me wear this. And Dad's like, put them on, kids. It's Clark like vacation. Gr- Clark 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 put them on, kiddos. <laughs> anyway, so we would walk around. And then people would want to take our picture- like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. Look at this family, you know? And so I can just imagine those pictures are probably in somebody's basement now. But it's like my dad with a big smile on his face, my mom with a big smile on her face, <laughs> me with a big smile on my face, and then my four brothers and sisters, like in Debbie total Downers, pain and agony. At, anyway, do you p- remember going to any of the events? I do. Yeah, we went to track and field. We went to basketball. We went to uh, field hockey. Uh, wow. you, can't get, you, can't, you can't get tickets to a lot of like okay. the really so I don't know we, you know you watch like you know Hungary and Sweden play in field hockey or something you know it's oh, that easy, sounds like torture it's an easy, it's an easy ticket Hungary and Sweden but anyway it was sporting events I love I love going to sporting events that's actually one of the cool things about being here in Stillwater I've only been here a couple months but so many sporting events in yeah. Stillwater College Town man it's awesome baseball I love. I didn't get to a baseball place. game this year, but I'm definitely. You need going to go. Next. We need to I set know, it on our calendars and we just need go because they're, they're building a new stadium. And they here. serve beer there now. Oh, they do. Yeah. Oh, that's they right. They t- took yeah. it for a test drive this past like year. I don't like beer. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, do they have water. <laughs> they have water and they have air. They have Diet Dr Pepper there. I uh, know. Oh. I think we're a. I, bet I, they I think do. we're a Pepsi or Coke town, which eliminates. They have Diet Dr Pepper at many local restaurants. Really? Anyway. It's all oh, good. Who knows? But th- that is uh, we're the new uh, girls' soccer stadium. Bam. Yep. We should go to those, too. Yeah. I d- you know, uh, you I, should definitely go. You're the, you're I like, love soccer. You're love, like love, the love, priest love. of campus. I, uh, I had to explain to some people the World Cup rule on the time. That over, it goes over 90 minutes? That goes over 90 minutes in injury time and who controls the watch. And I just don't like the way college soccer does it. They at forty five minutes, there's a horn that goes off. You could be on a breakaway at the six yard line, and no one's in the goal. And if the horn goes off, game that's over. Like every sport, I mean, every timed sport, there's a definitive end like that. Yeah, but there's in women's co- collegiate soccer and men's collegiate soccer at the University of Tulsa the same way. There, it was the forty five minute rule. And just it yeah. comes to a screeching halt. Because people have homework. <laughs> it's a school night. Um. So we last couple episodes we 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 got a little deep. We got a little philosophical. No. We talked about the existence of I've God. I've slept since then. How do we know that God exists? Who is God? Anyway, we've been we've been kind of hitting it hard philosophically, and I hope those have been beneficial to all of our. To both of our listeners. Well, uh, I never learned the five proofs for the existence of God by St. Thomas Aquinas in seminary. You're welcome, Father. Thank you for educating me. So we thought uh, this episode we'd just, we, you know, we would, uh, you know, tell embarrassing stories about ourselves. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. But I thought I thought it would be uh, worthwhile to, and let, me, and let me ask you this, Father Kerry. So 
we have listeners out there of varying ages. Um, if you were to talk to a young man or woman who was thinking about priesthood or religious life, and when we use those terms, priesthood, uh, self-explanatory, called to be a priest, uh, or religious life, which is both for men and women, uh, which can include the life of a brother, uh, a religious sister, but also as a priest in a religious order, uh, what would you say to those young people? Why, why should they consider it? What is so good about being a priest? What is so good? Well, I I don't know if I could speak of religious life all that well. I don't really like. You've seen li- religious I, I really life don't though. Like living with other people. Uh oh. We now live together, by the way. <laughs> Dang it. We, same rectory, priest rectory. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's... Um, Is that not I, the I same? Don't like, I don't like, I'm just giving you a hint that I want you to move out. <laughs> <laughs> I just moved in. We're here in Stillwater. We're trying to build a little, uh, a little priestly fraternity. And so I literally just moved into uh, where Father Kerry has been living for the last the, uh, year or so. Now the Catholic community of Stillwater Rectory? Yes, temporarily, until we build our new one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, why should somebody, why, why? Uh, okay, I, I, just a couple thoughts right off the top of my head, because you just dropped this question on me, and I have no idea. It's the way we roll here at Pastors <laughs> of Pain. Yeah, sometimes I have things planned, and other times, mm-mm. So why? Why? Yeah. Tell me why ain't nothing but a heartache. I, I think there's a beauty, one, the beauty of living in community. Uh, living with other people who are on the same journey with you in life, who you get to share life with. And there is also, you know, they're different than you. And because of that, you get to grow in humility. It's not your way all the time. Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. And then the other side to that is that because you live in community, you get to share in the fun and the laughter and the hanging out and the meals and and the, and the social time together. The, what's the what's that group out in um, Maryland or Baltimore or not the catechism? The ones that are from Samatara from South America. Oh yeah, the Servadoras. The Servadoras. Yeah. The like, Institute of the Incarnate Word. Yeah, the Institute of the Incarnate. They have a men's side and a women's side. Yeah. So uh, remember when I told you I, r- I was up in uh, New York? Did I tell you I went to New York to the Shrine of the North American Martyrs? <gasps> I've been there. Yeah. Highly recommend. That was an expensive trip. I lost my glasses and almost lost a fishing pole. Is that when you pole. messed up your tooth? That, no, I broke my tooth a couple From weeks eating before rocks? <laughs> no, I actually I flipped a canoe in the lake uh, when we were <laughs> fishing. And I caught this sweet northern pike and then flipped the canoe and uh, almost sank us to the bottom. We had to swim to shore in 65-degree water. Anyway... That's another beauty of community life. When you're around other people, when you're around your friends who are on the same journey with you, you get to share in the fun of life together because it would have been a really boring and I probably would have died if I had been out on this lake all by myself. So that, that's one of the... Um, I'm well, glad you didn't die. Well, we were also 12 I just wanted to go short. on the record. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Is that why... <laughs> I was wondering why you took out an extra life insurance policy on me. You like bumped it up to hey, two. I gotta live, five. man. I gotta live. <laughs> so there's no thing. So those, community life. Like, that's to a big pray that's together. A big piece of to, it. Yeah. To, to pray together. To be on the same mission. We uh, we need li- to do that more in our rectory. To pray like the liturgy of the hour. Pray, together. T- pray more together. Okay. Let's make a let's make a public pact right here. 
pinky swearing. Oh, I'm not pinky swearing you. I'm not like a third year grade girl. I'm going to cut open my finger and then you cut open your finger and we'll. No. Okay. And then Never. we'll put a band aid on. Never mind. It, and yeah. then we'll shake hands yeah. Yeah. and go the other way. But that is, I mean, community life. And I think, especially as diocesan priests, there's a sense sometimes, and that's actually kind of one of the reasons we wanted to do this show, is to kind of show that. Um, a lot of times people think that the priesthood, especially the Dawson priesthood, is a very lonely life. One is the loneliest number that I've ever seen. And it's not. It's not. In fact, I think both of us would say there are, at the end of every day, you know, we've been with people 8, 10, 12, 15 hours. Like, if anything, you just... you. Want, just want to be by yourself. Yeah. Um, that it's it's not. It can be lonely if you isolate yourself. It can be lonely if you're out in a very remote area. There's other reasons. Here in Stillwater, definitely not the case. No, it's an. I love Stillwater. So, but the, community, the, community the life, of prayer, community life, together. the community of prayer of going on adventures, hanging out together, uh, meals, socializing, doing podcast, radio shows. Those are some of the really cool things about community, about community life. You're, uh, that I think as I've lived in religious orders, you know, gone to stay there, gone on vacation to see some of my friends who are in religious communities, being in a Benedictine monastery and seminary, which you were too. Uh, the the CFRs, uh, the friars, the renewal uh, that originated out of New York City, they came down here to do a mission. A uh, a couple of years ago, a couple of lengths ago, Father Emmanuel and Brother Viterbo, Viter- I can never say his name, and I called him Viterbo Dog one time, and I didn't mean to. They came down here, and they don't even know each other. But I just watched it. They uh, stayed out at a family's house in their extra kind of like little cottage, and these two guys laughed and joked about, and just told So stories. even though they didn't know each other, they had... A very common life. Yeah. I mean, they had both committed themselves their entire lives to Christ and his church, and in, and in particular way in this religious order. Yeah. I, I gave uh, I gave uh, Brother Vittorio uh, a T-shirt, and he just kind of looked at me. Like, what do I do with this? Because he's only he has a limited amount of stuff he can have. Like, he's got a box of things. And, you know, one of the cool things about community life is that they do in the CFRs is they, they live a minimal life. They, li- they have a minimal, and it's not, it, the question isn't uh, what what can I have? It's what do I need to just basically live? Not the maximum allotted, but the minimal needed. And so they have a very, I was surprised, very little. They have like, they have two habits, which they have to sew themselves and repair. They have the belt because they're Franciscans. They have a pair of sandals. One pair? Yeah, and they have a community like they they you know they have beers and shaved heads, um, and they have their breviary and a book, and that is about it. Yeah. But then they actually share these things in community. So I was doing a wedding a year ago in Albuquerque, uh, Jeremiah and Ellen's uh, wedding in Albuquerque, and I stayed with them in this like kind of rough part of Albuquerque. There had been a shooting there like a couple weeks prior, so they told me don't drive at these hours. And I came back to them eating popcorn and just laughing hysterically, these five brothers living in the same friary. And their number one job is to grow as a community deeper in love with Jesus 
and to help the poor. I love it. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's pretty sweet. So there's a lot of great, yeah, there's a lot of great examples. Here in our diocese, we have a number of great examples. Uh, the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City, just a few miles from us, and all over the United States. Beautiful examples of religious life. So I think we want to, part of our show here, just uh, every week, is to show you that we love, we love being priests. We love being Catholic. We love being priests. And, and to be able to share that, our life and our that joy with so many young people who might be listening so that they would consider it, um, that, that that it's a, it's a call that many people are receiving but but aren't necessarily hearing their prayer life isn't where it should be their sin is getting in the way of 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 that uh, but we want you to hear loud and clear from us that we certainly we want to be of help uh in that if you're a student at OSU and you want to talk about it that you find Father Carey and and sit down and talk about it if you're at the parish here in Stillwater, really anywhere in the Diocese of Tulsa especially, um, we, we, we want to help. We want to be of assistance. And if you're listening and you're not in the Diocese of Tulsa, number one, you should come here because it's the best diocese that there is. Booyah! Number two is you should find your parish priest, local vocation director, yeah. um, your pastor. I mean, just... Father Michael Pratt? Yes. Yes, indeed. So just get, getting out there and, and kind of moving your discernment forward. Anyway, we just wanted to, we wanted to share yeah, that Yeah, so really, I, I read a book by John Paul II. It was just called vocation. Did I tell you I lied to a priest immediately after Mass one time? Because Father uh, tell. Father Moran, he uh, approached me uh, after Mass one Sunday. How old were you? No, it was a weekday. It was a weekday. It was probably, I was probably 23, 24, and, and I was getting out of the Air Force. <laughs> after Mass, I'm walking out the door, and he goes, hey, Carrie, let's talk about your vocation. And I, and I had no idea what the word vocation said, I need to go to the bathroom. And I, and I said, well, what's a vocation, Father Moran? And he goes, I think you should be a priest. And I said, I think you're a lunatic. And there was this pause, and then I lied to him immediately after daily mass. I said, I'm moving to Colorado and getting married. <laughs> Why are you a liar? Lying-faced liar. Do you know where liars go? Uh, they go to confession. Confession, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. So the, so uh, he gave me a, some interesting things to read, like um, this is book called Vocation, which is just little bits of writings from John Paul II, Pope John Paul II, uh, Juan Pablo Segundo, uh, John Paul heard, the Great. I've heard of him, yes. Uh, you've heard of yep, him? Yep. Uh, Bishop I saw him. I saw him in person, and I visited his tomb. I was at his birthday party a couple months ago, May 18th. Oh, it was his birthday? Yeah. Oh. So we were in... Oh, and you were in Vadovice. Yeah, we were in Vadovice with nice. a bunch of students on a pilgrimage. Wait, know, wait, that, what did he say in his book? Oh, it was just little quotes about vocation, of how to how to discern your vocation, how to listen to the voice of God, how to create space for silence so, so God can talk to you. It's kind of like when you have somebody who talks all the time. You can't get a word in edgewise to talk back to them because if they're just constantly going and just... You know, they're like a fire hydrant of words just spewing out. And you never get a chance to talk back. And that's what Jesus wants to do. He's like, hey, I want to talk to you about your vocation. I'm going to call you to something. But you got to shut the old bagpipe and listen. No doubt. No doubt. Wow. Good one. So you lied to a priest. <laughs> Out of all that, you get so you lied to a priest. So you're a liar. That's great. Well, I, I, I was great example for the kids, Father. And I was nervous. So yeah. come up with a, a better answer. That's than, hilarious. Than I'm, I'm moving to Colorado and getting married. That's yeah. funny. That's very funny. Mm-hmm.
time. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, it, it, so creating silent time to no, I think that's what was really helpful to me. There is a there's not a time of boredom anymore in our culture. life is definitely not boring. No, I mean like like the when I say oh, boredom, oh yeah yeah leisure being leisure. bored yeah. that leisure. Uh, have you ever read Joseph Pieper? Leisure is the basis of culture. Yeah, it's really dense. Yeah, super. That's a that's super a good. yeah. I would we, I'd, we, I think we'd both recommend that book. Joseph Pieper, P I E P E R. Leisure. Joseph J uh, J O S E F. I thought there was a Z in it. Oh, maybe there's a Z in there. Anyway, look it up. There may not be. Uh, it's called Leisure: The Basis of Culture, uh, and it just talks about yeah of the uh, the ability to just enjoy life and rest. And not to always have to have something going, have something playing. Um, I love to recommend during people. I know Lent is far away, but to to recommend to people during Lent to, you know, like give up, give, just give up radio in the car when you're in your car. But not us. Uh, yes, yeah, not not us. Give up this podcast for Lent. Remember when we were uh, reading that book, Essentialism, listening to the you, you and me and like five oh my other gosh. guys? Essentialism by Greg oh. McEwen. Is brilliant. It, it, one of his big things in there is your calendar. It's not a Catholic book, secular book. Yeah, but would uh, recommend it. Highly recommend essentialism. Greg Mc- Greg McEwen. Greg McEwen. Also, he's a good follow on Twitter too. If you check him out, is he really? Yeah. Okay. So when he talks in there uh, about just putting recreation time and time to think and relax, <laughs> he puts in there. He says, "Gorge your calendar." Why do I say "Gorge your calendar"? Because you will become somebody else's calendar. Yeah, if you don't guard it, nobody will. No one will. And, and you're and, and, and you're your going to be somebody else's life. Encroached upon. Yeah. And, yep. and because of that, there's no time to just sit and relax and think and enjoy life. Yep. Because when the when the mind goes just blank. You know, then all this information just starts pouring in. Mm. The mind does what it's supposed to do is process things yeah, and put try, things together. Try an experiment, and that is when when this podcast uh, radio show is over, like just sit quietly for 30 seconds. And, and, and what you'll notice is all of the things that come to your mind. And what it means is your mind is not really at rest, um, that it takes, it takes time, it takes quiet for the mind to settle. Um, I know if right now, if we got quiet for 30, mi- 30 seconds, my mind would go to, you know, what, what we're doing right after this or what I'm doing tonight or like, uh, you know, phone, I need to make this phone call, this email, or whatever, you know, uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't settle. It takes a while to settle. I know and, and we've had the experience of silent retreats. Oh boy, I know yeah. you go. I know you. You all may not believe be able to believe this, but we've done some silent retreats. The longest retreat I've ever done is eight days yeah. of silence. You've done thirty. I know. Can you believe? I know many of That's you. Three zero. Not many of you just gasped <laughs> and said, "I don't believe you." But you know what's awesome about being an extrovert is the people who are. Like, oh, there's no way you can do this. There's no way you can go. I thirty think most days people listening just spit up in their coffee. And I turn the key on my mouth and I hand it to them. And I give them the peace sign and I bounce. And it was awesome. Like 30 days of silence. Yeah. So I remember doing that. We did an eight-day uh, silent retreat in seminary. The same hundred? And yeah, we went to, I forget where we went, somewhere in Kentucky. 
And uh, I remember like the first two days were really hard. Yeah. Really hard. And then days like three, four, five, six were wonderful. What was hard about the first two? Oh, the first two, because you're just your mind. My mind is just going. There's no... You, could you hear your phone ringing and stuff? It was hard to <laughs> it was hard to quiet hard to quiet myself. But eventually you kind of you kind of get there, and then three, four, five, six were just were just marvelous. The insights, the the, the community with with the Lord, um, it was unbelievable. You know, and then okay, then seven and eight come, and I'm re- and I'm ready to, you know, I'm ready to start talking again and ready to kind of get back to a lot of human interaction. Where are you making your retreat this year? Have you got a place yet? Uh, I think I'm going to do the Dawson retreat in October. Oh, in Arkansas. In Arkansas, yep. Oh, nice. Yeah, I did it last year. I did it my first year as a priest, and then I had my 10 years at Bishop Kelly and just leaving for a week in the middle of the school year. Yeah. Never really made it but a lot of But you always did yours during Christmas. You're I would do mine usually the week after Christmas. Six, six day, five day. Yep. Was it five yep. day we're required to take? Yep. Five? Yep. You're saying five? Okay. Yep, yep. So we would, uh, so if you didn't know, all of our listeners out here, priests are required by canon law, which is the law of the church, to take a retreat every year. And it takes different forms with different guys, but the diocese always offers a retreat for priests. And there's usually, eh, it's probably 25, 30, 35 yeah. guys that go. And I loved it. I love that. I love that. Cause there's a little, there's, there's like kind of silence during the day, mass together, and then some community time at night if you want it. Right. Okay. I just like pure silence. Yeah. I was like, be alone with the Lord, with the scriptures, no with the mass, yep. with Jesus and the Eucharist. The, uh, you, but you went down like St. Gregory's. I've been to St. Gregory's Abbey. I've been to, there's some wonderful Carmelite sisters in Los Angeles that I've oh, spent Duarte, time with. In uh, Alhambra. Alhambra. Uh, the Carmelite sisters of, I forget what they're called. I've been to the sisters that are right next door to EWTN in Birmingham, Alabama. What? I've been to, I uh, was with some uh, some other uh, Carmelite, cloistered Carmelites uh, down in uh, New Caney, Texas. Mm-hmm. And some other places. Yeah. But it's a beautiful thing, and and I, and and I'm so glad that the church requires of it requires it of yeah. us, uh, because I, I look forward to that every year, every year. Me without too, without question. I take a couple during the summertime as well. I'm going to go out to Clear Creek Monastery here in a couple I days need to do that, and just uh, I usually go. I don't like want to go with you though. Sunday to Monday, and you don't want me to go with you. No, I don't want to. Because part of it is like the drive, just getting there. Yeah, that's where you start to you start to kind of decompress. Yeah. Shut things the, down. Get out of the busyness of the day. I try to find places where there's no cell phone coverage and dump all my work on Father O'Brien. Oh. You should go in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> no. You dump all your work on me? Is that what you just said? Uh, no, did I say that a lot? Why do you, no, I'm sorry. Why I was just thinking that. that. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow, there, there's that. That's, that's what I get. They, well, I just forward all my voicemail to you. Like, oh, you do? I redirect all my phone calls to your phone. Sorry. Are you just now finding that out? That's weird. All my emails get forwarded yeah. to you? One interesting thing, <laughs> when you were you're, earlier you were talking about the vocation, I think it's important to know where that word comes from. Uh, the, the word vocation comes from the Latin vocare, which means to call. And so when someone says, "Hey, do you hey, do you have a vocation?" The answer the answer of everyone should be yes. Everybody has a God-given yeah, sure. vocation. Yeah. A lot of times when we say, "Do you have a vocation?" in the Catholic sense, we're talking about, "Do you have a vocation to the priesthood or religious life or to marriage?" Marriage. One of those um, three, the big yep, three. Yep. 
And so I think it's important for everybody out there, if you have found your vocation, to pray that God would strengthen you in that vocation, that you'd mm-hmm. be the best of examples, no matter what that vocation is. And then if you haven't found your vocation, that you would have that openness. Maybe it's time to take a retreat. Maybe it's time to, to, to get a little silence in your life, spend some time with the Lord in adoration, come to daily mass more, go to confession, you know, all that good stuff that, that will help you to kind of clear the, clear the path, if you will, so that you can find what it is that you're looking for. To see the Lord and be on the winning side. That's right. Exactly. Remember we talked we were a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about, you know, why why did God make you? God made me to know him, to love him, and to serve him. So to And so are so you doing that? Baltimore Catechism. Are you doing that? Question six in the Baltimore Catechism. Are you are you out are you are you knowing the Lord? Are you loving the Lord? Are you serving the Lord? Um yeah. We're praying for you. Please pray for us and our ministry here in Stillwater. Uh, at St. John Catholic <laughs> Student Center in St. Francis Xavier. Amen. We're the pastors of pain, Father Kerry Wakulich, Father Brian O'Brien. And uh, thanks for joining us. God bless you. God bless you. Uh-